I wrote this in a peeling room in the Chelsea Hotel before I was rich and famous and they gave me well-painted rooms. I was coming off of amphetamine and I was pursuing a blonde lady whom I met in a Nazi poster. And I was doing many things to attract her attention. I was lighting wax candles in the form of men and women. I was marrying the smoke of two cones of sandalwood. That was Leonard Cohen at his 1970 concert in the Isle of Man, talking about one of my favorite Cohen songs. Hi, I'm Riley Andrews, and this is Song Sleuth, the podcast where we explore the stories behind some of the greatest songs ever written. And today, we're going to dive into Leonard Cohen's 1967 song, One of Us Cannot Be Wrong. As Cohen alluded to in his first clip, this song is about a woman who he was becoming obsessed with. The song was written in the Chelsea Hotel, which is known for its many famous residents, including Bob Dylan, Edie Sedgwick, Leonard Cohen, and Janis Joplin and was the title of one of Cohen's most famous songs, Chelsea Hotel No. 2. Beyond that, there are many theories about the meaning of the lyrics. Most people believe that Cohen wrote the song about Nico, the lead singer of the Velvet Underground. Cohen once called Nico the perfect Aryan ice queen, which makes sense to the reference in the first clip about the Nazi girl, but also makes sense to the ice queen imaging that he uses in the final verse of the song. He said once, I love Nico. I was only peripherally involved with the Andy Warhol slash Velvet Underground scene. It was really Nico I was in love with. Some early critics criticized Cohen's music, suggesting that he should just stick to the poetry. The Rolling Stone magazine once stated that it sinks into doggerel, and that it is only forgivable as a parody of Bob Dylan. So the following is obviously just a theory, as Cohen, like most artists, rarely explains the meaning behind his lyrics in any detail. The song tells the story of four men who have all had their lives ruined by a single woman that Cohen is pursuing, who we will call the Temptress, because despite his convictions, Cohen cannot escape from under her thumb. The first verse discusses the jealousy Cohen felt and the steps that he took to gain her admiration. I lit a thin green candle To make you jealous of me But the room just filled up with mosquitoes They heard that my body was free Then I took the dust from a long and a sleepless night And I I put it into your little shoe And then I confess that I tortured the dress That you wore for all the world to look through this first verse, Cohen lights a thin green candle, a metaphorical burning and spending of money to make the temptress jealous of him. But the room just fills up with mosquitoes, another metaphor representing the blood-sucking men and women who are attracting to this spending. At this point in his life, Cohen would also go to the voodoo store across the street from the Chelsea Hotel and would buy candles and burn them in some sort of voodoo magical ceremony. So the thin green candle could also represent his thoughts on voodoo magic candle burning at the time. He once tells a story about going to meet Edie Sedgwick, 
the muse and talking to her about lighting candles. Edie Sedgwick, um, she kind of represented the, the inner sanctum, you know, the, the, the Holy of Holies, her room. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was like the Forbidden City. You got closer yeah. and closer. I mean, you couldn't, and that, I mean, I, you know, it was only after I'd been here some time that I was invited into this room. And um, it's, She was the Gertrude Stein of the Chelsea yeah, Hotel. Yeah, she, and she was a delightful person. And, and her room was um, dark and just lit with candles night and day. For some odd reason, I was, I was uh, allowed to come into the room at one time, and I, I just read um, a, like an occult pamphlet on, uh, on candles, and uh, I had to present myself as being somebody who, who knew something that important she to know. that she needed to know because I had no other cachet or credential at the time, you know? So I, I said, there's a very bad, you know, combination of candles in this room. It's very, very dangerous. I said the colors and the, the, the deployment of the various candles, it's very, very dangerous. Cohen would go on to say that Edie burnt down her room the next day. Cohen blames his sleepless nights on the temptress and takes out his anger on the items of clothing she left at his house. In particular, the dress that she wore to attract the gaze of the men around her. In the second verse, Cohen goes to the doctor to cure himself of his obsession, only to drag the doctor's life into ruin by introducing him to the temptress. And I sold my heart to the doctor He said I just have to quit Then he wrote himself a prescription Your name was mentioned in him And he locked himself into a library shelf With all of the details of our, our shabby honeymoon And I hear from his nurse, yeah, that his had gotten much worse And his, his practice has fallen into In this verse, instead of the doctor curing Cohen's obsession, the doctor prescribes himself a dose of the temptress and becomes obsessed, eventually allowing that obsession to destroy his practice. This verse shows parallels and likely borrowed heavily from Bob Dylan's 1966 leopard skin pill box hat. Well, I asked the doctor if I could see you. It's bad for your health, he said. The parallels between the narrator going to see a doctor to be cured of a woman only to find the doctor has fallen in love with that same woman are too similar to be a coincidence. And we know that both artists borrowed from each other heavily. In the third verse, we meet the next man who had his life ruined by the temptress this time a saintly teacher who loved her and whose teachings were studied by Cohen. I've heard of a saint who had loved you Yeah, I studied all that in his school He taught that the duty of lovers is to tarnish the, the golden rule 
third man that we meet is a saintly teacher who loved the woman and whose teachings were studied by Cohen. Cohen thought that this priestly teacher might have the answers to cure his desires. The teacher taught that the duty of lovers was to tarnish the golden rule. This is an example of one of the many biblical references Cohen uses in his music. In Judaism and Christianity, the golden rule is essentially to treat your neighbor how you would like to be treated. So according to this teacher, the duty of lovers is to be selfish. Eventually, when Cohen begins to believe this man's teachings, the priest determines that he can no longer live without the temptress and drowns himself in the pool. And even in death, the saint's spirit continues to drool over the man-eater. In the fourth and final verse, we meet the man who has had his life ruined by the temptress, this time an Eskimo man who is frozen to death by her coldness. This woman financially ruins the successful doctor, destroying his practice, spiritually ruins the spiritual teacher, who eventually takes his own life, and freezes to death a man who lives in the cold. And yet despite knowing all this, Cohen is unable to rid himself of his desires and begs the Ice Queen to let him come in to the storm. Thanks for listening.